welcome to episode 19 of Amplified Marriage. Today we are talking about hashtag Insta Stress. Welcome to another episode of Amplified Marriage. I'm Natalie. I'm Brian. Grab a coffee, grab a snack, sit down. We're excited to have a chat with you today. Hey, if you missed last week, we talked about how to survive a Jekyll and Hyde, where Brian and I kind of sort of humorously go into a little bit of our history in the earlier years of our marriage. So if you missed it, be sure to check that out. Today, we are talking about... COVID insta-stress. That's right. What exactly does that mean? And how are we coping? Right. You know what? It really means a lot to us that you guys have been listening from all over the world, that we've had a tremendous amount of support. If this is something that you value, we need you to do something for us. Share it with your friends and your family. Let people know about Amplified Marriage. We'd love for people just to get involved and hear what we're talking about. We want to make sure that people's marriages thrive and relationships thrive and move forward. That's right. And they know that they're not doing this alone. There are other people around the world who struggle in the same ways. And if not, then at least um, there's some tools to help prepare you should you ever struggle that way. Absolutely. And so today's topic, COVID insta-stress. What does that mean? Right. Well, I feel like it's sort of been the topic, the never-ending topic of life where we all thought, or at least we did, that this wasn't going to be as drawn out as, as it's been. Right. So when we were really talking about what sort of stressors this has produced, right. we came up with a fairly substantial list, and I'm pretty sure we're missing some too. So right. fill in the blanks if what we say isn't something that you've thought about right. or is something that you've thought about. Yeah. Right? Or maybe you haven't <laughs> experienced and now are experiencing for the very first time. Right. And so we're talking about things like job loss. Budget cuts at your job, uh, church in a box. Instead of of going to church, you have to watch it online. Yep. Gloves, face mask, face shields, universal precautions for absolutely everything that's going on. Bills. Pressures at home. Maybe there's extra drinking or someone started drinking. Maybe there's uh, drugs or... Addictions. Addictions, uh, pornography. Your kids are home. All these types of pressure and things are happening. Maybe there's financial strain. A spiritual and emotional, physical, mental, all the uh, emotional Types strains. of strains. That's right. There's no connection. You are missing out on your family and your friends. There's a lack of community. Yeah. Uh, a lack of uh, being able to connect um, one-on-one with people. And That's right. And the thing about that, the lack of community, it's funny because my wife is an introvert. I'm mm-hmm. very much an extrovert. And at the beginning of this, she's like, this is fantastic. I, <laughs> I just get to be at home all day and not have to That's con- right. converse with people. About f- three or four months in, we both really realized, and especially my wife, how much that connection means and how much community is important. And for us, a big part of our community has been church. Mm-hmm. Um, and we built uh, like friends out of that, like long, lifelong yeah, friends. support systems. Uh, support systems yep. and prayer. And if someone's struggling, there's food and there's things that all happen because of that. And Natalie was realizing that she missed it. I I was immediately squirrely within two weeks of being at home. I was like, this is the dumbest See, thing See, I think for me, I like to set the boundary. <laughs> yes, so you when do. everything's available, 
you know, shopping or, or just going out in general is available, I want to be the one to determine when that's not working for me. Right. I don't like to be told I can't do something. I want the choice to be yeah. able to say, actually, I'm going to, I'm going to opt out of this. Yes. I can totally do it, but I'm going to just choose not to. <laughs> and this was decided for you. This was decided for me, which really, like the rebellious side of me was it's, like, what? Right. It's much like me and my beard that I can't grow. <laughs> I want to be able to grow a beard and shave it off to say that I don't want one. Right? That, right. Exactly. So there, there has been this really... There's been a real void. A real in void community. in community. And, and even those that are introverts are starting to feel that. That's right. And can we just say, like, we did a lot of Zoom things. and That's not the same. It's not the same at all. Um, it's great. It serves a purpose. But that, I think, was a real short-lived. Like, we missed actually seeing people yeah. physically. And being in the same place. That's and right. On a more serious note, um, all of the people that have passed away either from COVID or just health-related issues there yeah. is a definite stress on people well, not being able to be with their families me and my pastor just had to do a funeral with a small team of someone that was important in our church and had been with us for a, a long time and instead of being able to have a funeral of 200 or 300 of, of people that would have come from all over canada to to see this man's funeral we ended up having to do like 45. She had to send out invitations yeah. for those family members to be the ones that came to the service. We live streamed it, but it just wasn't the same. We can't have that. So that's that's a real thing that's going on uh, where people just can't meet to, to grieve and to mourn and to celebrate the stories, the things that you do at a exactly. big old funeral and a big memorial like that. Or even if the people in your life are ill, Right. right. And there is just there's so many stresses that come with just not all all of these people that are suffering that are practically alone. Right. Um, which is so difficult. Maybe you're struggling uh, because you're our frontline support staff. We appreciate yeah. all that you've done for the last six, seven months. But maybe you're one of those support staff that we've heard stories and read articles of mm -hmm. and seen videos of families that haven't seen their their husband or their kids or their yeah. their wife or their children for the last six months or even maybe even half that time because they had to constantly be in in quarantine because mm -hmm. of everything they were doing and they couldn't be around different people. That's right. Maybe that's where you are, or maybe you're you're in Canada or United States or wherever you're listening from, and there's huge political strain yeah. in our world right now. The the sides are divided on almost every issue no one that's can right. agree on anything maybe you have someone in your family that's super political and it's just it's a real tough time to be in that family the world right now just seems like there's no order that's that right. everything is just in a, in a state of disarray right we understand too that some have felt this pressure and all of the things that have gone on there has i'm sure there's so many more things that we're not even getting that, to. that we haven't thought of that you can fill the blanks in for right and it's not we didn't list all of these things off to overwhelm you but these are real valid stresses that are happening that are happening right now and then how can you be in that situation or be around that environment and still have a healthy relationship with those that are closest to you now one thing we do want to say is that in some of these issues, um, you may have been facing before COVID. Yeah. 
maybe maybe some of these things you just were like man that was a thing that we struggled with even before all of this having to stay at home and my kids are at home with me now and I didn't struggle with drinking before I had a drinking problem 15 years ago and this just right. brought up some old feelings or yeah. I didn't struggle with pornography and now it's just like I can't seem to to get away from it whatever your struggle is um Right now, we just want to say, encourage you, man. There's a way out. There's people that love you. There's victory. There's going to be success. Relationships can be mended and taken care of and That's rebuilt. Right. Know that there's people out there that support you. Know that we are out there. And if you ever want prayer or anything, please just let us know. But just there's people out there in your community that would love to have the opportunity to pray for you and just even see you over a Zoom call. That's right. And I know that, you know, I mean, the whole list of, of, stresses some of those aren't fixed in a moment right right and being able to be That's present sure. in the moment and uh -huh. we've we've had our fair share of stresses financially and um i mean we we haven't experienced some of these yeah. and we've experienced others yeah and they're not fixed in a moment right, right? relationships aren't fixed in a moment right healthy ways and developing healthy patterns aren't done overnight either uh, and the thing is is that what we we've realized too when you're faced with a major thing like a pandemic that the world hasn't uh, really experienced mm -hmm. uh, we're on what i'm hoping is a tail end but we're at, at a different stage we're in phase three or phase two depending on what part of the country you're in um we, it forces you to kind of take a, a look uh, and a stock of the things that happened in your life, the things that are valuable to you, the things that are, are not valuable to you, the time that you have, mm -hmm. the time that may you haven't had, the things that is, you you have felt. The thing that we're realizing in all of this is that uh, sometimes you're looking back and you see some decisions that you made that were just poor and you wish you would have made different ones. This is an opportunity, I think, that we can change our perspective and look at this, this time as a time to reset our relationship. And... Uh, We've heard in some of these things, we know couples, Natalie and I are actually one of the couples, but for some marriages, the pandemic has created a closeness and a bond like uh, people haven't experienced in the relationship before. Yeah. But on the flip side of that, it's exasperated it's, some. It's also pushed people and exasperated some relationships to a point of breaking apart. Yeah. Uh, and pushing them to the limit and pushing people to, to where they may not be able to they feel like they can't recover. Exactly. And I, um, for myself in dealing with stress, I feel as though if I'm in a place where I'm at a healthy place, it doesn't matter hmm. the circumstance um, that can happen. I mean, that's out of my control more often than not a, a circumstance or situation that happens. Right. But I can be responsible and in control of how I choose to react or how That's I choose right. to respond. And yeah. I was just thinking about um, two, like our minivan. <laughs> we don't have a minivan now, but we did. And when we lived up north, uh, where it was very cold, our head gasket had gone in the van. And like minus, I think it was minus 25 or 30. Yeah, with a wind chill or something. Yeah, it was brutal. Ridiculous. And we had one vehicle. Um, and so the vehicle would only act up when I was driving. Perception. It was, um, 
for anyone who has not experienced this kind of a situation, the thermostat reading goes all over the place. And so you tend to overheat your motor and you don't know, like that was a telltale sign that that was imminent. So in that particular situation, I lost my mind. I was so angry and so frustrated because we didn't have the money. And I knew because in our other car, the head gaskets went, it was several thousand dollars to fix. Right. We certainly didn't have several thousand dollars. We had little, uh, we had three kids. Our daughter was a baby at that time. And our son was in kindergarten who was waiting for me to pick him up from school when this all happened. So yeah. I was already stressed out about being late yep. and stressed out because we didn't have any money. And, and the list went on and on and on and on. And I just lost my mind. I was freaking out and panic and fear set in and took attempted to take well it did take hold uh, and yeah, I, I would quite ag agree with you that you were inconsolable like we had absolutely I had to it bring was a friend of mine in in that time we also weren't doing very well as a married couple but I had to bring a friend of ours in to help just kind of reason with like this is not the end of the world we can fix this oh my yeah. and 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 it did get fixed yeah well quickly too like it wasn't yeah, even very far it wasn't but the the response that I chose in that moment I think, well, one, I know it was a very, it was not healthy. Right. Uh, it didn't help uh, the atmosphere in the home. It didn't help sort of how I was communicating with yeah. you. Like it was your fault. Do you know what I mean? Like you were I was nowhere near it. We didn't know it was going to no. happen. It was super cold. The car with the van was, at that time was actually running really good too. Like we had managed yeah. to fix it. But pieces you were on the it. enemy because that was the only thing right. that I could project my feelings on absolutely and you may want to look at them like the enemy right. but they are not that's right and so those of you who know us might go well why didn't you pray or did you pray no, no. <laughs> not at all we did not i went to god only after the fact and i'm like why aren't you fixing this so it wasn't like hey lord um I need help. Right. I need wisdom. Yeah. You need to, to bring us the right people to help us in this situation. It was just, what can I do in my own strength, in the physical, right. to fix my own situation? Um, God was an afterthought in that moment. Right. Fast forward several years, the same minivan, different circumstance. So it wasn't the head gaskets this time. It was the fuel, fuel pump. pump. Right in the middle of a super busy intersection in the highway, the fuel pump decides it's going to go. Guess who's driving? me definitely wasn't me it was never brian which is so irritating <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'm driving i'm like please don't stall in the middle of this busy intersection when i've got all my children with me so i managed to make it to a parking lot the fuel pump on that bad boy was nine hundred dollars now we had we just, had just moved. moved yeah started brian started a new job so we didn't have sort we of used, like... We used all of our money moving from north to, to south. south. Um, so our savings was gone. And then we had to, you know, we were renting, so you had to pay a damage deposit. And it was thousands of dollars later that this happened. Right. And so similar circumstance as far as it being a van issue, but, but a different response from me this time. This time, I just threw my hands in the air. I was like, I don't even have the energy. My dad had just recent like several or a few months before that passed away so i was grieving i didn't have the emotional physical mental ability to lose my mind <laughs> over this that i'm like <laughs> i am worn out from all the feels 
of just that situation right. that I took yeah. the hands of my kids and I went to God first. Right. And I just said, this is our horrible situation. And I laid out all the woes that I had in regards to, we don't have the money in that. And the very next day, the prayer was answered. The previous non-prayer yell match that I had with God was not as quick a response. And I don't know if it was just because um, of the timing of it all, or it was my own attitude or however that, I don't know what the difference was, but I felt like I was in a different place emotionally. I felt like I was in a different place spiritually and physically. Yeah. I just handled the situation. So similar circumstance, different approach, because very different attitude and peace in the situation, it was like, I'm not even going to stress about this because I don't have the energy to stress about this. Which is uh, a very interesting conversation that we had. And we were, there is a difference between stress and pressure. Yes. There's a big difference between stress and pressure. I think, how, how did I put this? This is stress is an, an internal pressure that comes from the inability to deal with the external pressures of life. That's right. And it's that out of control. Absolutely. And the thing about pressure and stress being so different is that stress is uh, because the pressures in life c can be good. They can be healthy. There's yes. there's healthy conflict. There's healthy stress at work or healthy pressure at work because yes. you're growing and your capacity is shifting. And, and you've got deadlines. Like, let's absolutely. be realistic. Absolutely. And then in, in your marriage, things yeah. are in a pressure in a good way because you're becoming a better husband or you're being a better dad. And That's right. things are changing at church. And, and it's a pressure can be good. Yes. Uh, but I mean, I diamonds are built. Uh, under pressure, under right? Pressure. And so. so what happens when it turns from pressure to stress is because you're not dealing with the pressure well. And a lot of times that has to do with the internal part of us that just is not coping, not handling the yeah. things right, not dealing with the conflict, not and, or pushing it aside, yeah. and, in, and internalizes and compounds on top of each other and gets bigger and bigger. You're an internal processor. Yes. I'm a very much external I'm not external as in, you know, my brother-in-law always jokes around that I have no feelings. I have a couple. Uh, they're not... You have some feelings about some things, but, but I think you're more directional with your feelings. Yes. You and don't I have feelings about everything well, or big feelings about everything. Well, and the reason that is, is because when I was growing up, um, I was modeled what big feelings or having strong opinions about everything brought. Right. And oftentimes it was destruction. And so what I've learned over the years is that I'm not in control of every situation. Right. I don't need to be in control of every situation. I don't even need to have an opinion on every single thing. And so now um, my energy, my anger, or my happiness, or my frustration is reserved for the things that are the closest. Right. right? And so yep. my family gets it. My extended family gets it. My really close friends. Yeah. Um, my my team that I works with, they yep. get those good parts. Right. <laughs> not the angry, no. frustrated parts. But I think, too, in your younger years, that side of you, the more angrier side, showed its ugly face because... I didn't handle with any pressure. That's right. I and couldn't. With pressure, like if it's pressure in your, in your job or you're on a deadline or whatever, you're in control of your task list or you're in control of, you know, organizing yeah. your schedule right? and things yeah. like that where you, there is a sense of calmness. Yeah. Yeah, that's right? true. That comes with pressure. You might be sort of like under the time gun where you know stuff's got to get done and, and you have a, a schedule, but there's a calmness that comes because you've set that all up where stress tends to like, 
Because you procrastinated. Or, right? I mean, if you procrastinate, then yeah, it's going to turn from pressure to stress right quick. But it's just not being able to, you're not calm. Yeah. I think of all the times that I'm stressed out and I am not calm at all. I'm not calm in my words. I'm not calm in my actions. I'm not mm-hmm. calm in my, um, in the atmosphere of the home. I'm, I'm just like a whirlwind. Yeah. And so even as we were talking about these things, it's really interesting. We were like, how can we practically drop some stuff that we've learned in the last five years? And so here's just a few or last five years, last almost 20 years. Here is, is what we've done, what we've done, five different things that we found are super helpful. And something I want to start with this is that, um, fear will cripple you into not taking any action. Yes. I am living proof of that. Absolutely. Like, and I think you too, because for a long time you had a fear of failure. And here's the difference now is I still, um, fear failure, but it no longer controls me. There you go. My fear controlled so many of our, our my decisions when we were young. I didn't want to try for a new job. I didn't want to try for corrections. I, d- I tried over. I was going to try for the RCMP and all these things I did. I don't know. Um, and I didn't want to do things. I was going to look at being a helicopter pilot, but that was just too much new. Too scary. I didn't want to do like all these different things I, I had career op- or aspirations for. I didn't do or even try for because I was afraid of it. And eventually I just turned and said, no, I'm just going to face my fear with your help. Like that wasn't just a a one day. I'm like, I decided, but you supported like, okay, let's do this together. And I think too, like I can encourage you, like you can encourage your spouse and I can encourage you to, or to feel confident in taking that step. It's like that saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Right. I could encourage you all the, b- the best ways that I could, yeah. but I still couldn't make you take the and steps. And say all the right things, but yeah. I'm the one that has to make the decision. And so the very first thing is... Take a deep breath. I have, with my children when they were younger and they were like the anxiety would rise, I would tell them, stop, take a deep breath. And there's a reason for that. When we breathe deeply, it triggers the body's response to stop releasing stress hormones. Mm -hmm. So there's a physiological response when we're, when we're anxious, we have rapid breathing, which leads, it can lead to like hyperventilation. And I, you know, as I was thinking about myself in anxiety ridden situations where you, you feel your chest tight, like you can't catch a breath, I've had to slow myself down. And just take a few deep, slow breaths just to calm myself. Right. Number two, you've heard us talk about it already, is pray and pray together. Yes. Um, we have tried so many times to fix things in our own strength. Um, and it's just, what was that the phrase that you did when we were talking about like our finances? And um, you tried to like juggle them, but you had just had a different... I robbed Peter to pay Paul. Well, I guess that was that is one, but that's not the one that's that I was oh, thinking oh, of. Okay. But yeah, that'll work. Yeah, um, we just try to like move money around, money around, and sell. We we sold things to try and pay for bills because of our own poor decisions. Oh man, in those years, it was um, that was stressful. <laughs> yep, <laughs> very stressful. And did we come together and pray? No, that wasn't our default setting. Not at all. At all, we tried everything else and. <laughs> Even though we were Christians and we grew up right. learning that's what you're supposed to do and being in church and this is, we put on the face that we were, this is what we were doing. That's that was right. not a thing. So like, it's easy to 
to come to and be stress-free, I would say, when your bank account's full, 100%. the fridge is full, the gas tank's full, your bills are paid, the credit card's paid. It's easy to be stress-free in that moment. Mm -hmm. And then what happens when that's not the thing? You panic. Yeah. And then when you panic, then you're afraid. You know, like I... It's like, oh, we're going to get kicked out of our house if we default on our payments and things like that. And so then you don't make really great decisions right? in the midst of stress. Because you're stressed and, and the it's getting to you. So, so you're not thinking clearly, seeing clearly, moving clearly. Right. The last yeah. thing that we wanted to do was pray. Right. But it's absolutely the, the most necessary first thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> and the next one is practice thankfulness. Being grateful and practicing being thankful. Uh that's right. It's not the easiest of things to do. No. And again, it comes down to, it's really easy to be thankful when your bank is full. Yeah. You have a full pantry full of food. The kids have clothes and shoes and all the things that you need. Super easy to be thankful. But are you thankful when you have none of those things and you're struggling and your marriage is struggling and you've just, maybe you're suffering going through a divorce or maybe you had to have an abortion or maybe, right. maybe all of these things that are going on, you're feeling that stress and you're like, how can I possibly be thankful? That's right. And to, to just bring it into a perspective, being thankful doesn't mean that we'll use my van again as, as the, <laughs> you know, the, the header. When all of that was happening, there was no way that I was thankful we were going through that situation. 100% not. Thankfulness doesn't mean that I am just like, thank you, Jesus. Right. My van has died and we have no money. <laughs> That's not at all what being thankful in the situation was. But, so you're not thankful for the situation, but there's always something to be thankful in the situation. Right. Yeah. So, again, with me, I had all my children with me. So thank you, God that I did not stall in the middle of the intersection. Thank God that I was able to make it to a parking lot that was safe. Thank God that I was able to call you because I had a cell phone. Thank God that you were able to leave work and to come be with me because I was freaking out. Thank <laughs> right. God, right? Like in that awful situation, there was how many things did I list? Four yeah. things in just that one moment that I was thankful for. Um, and then thankful that, the situation remedied itself. Right. Right. So I wasn't thankful for that happening, but in it, there was still something to be thankful for. Absolutely. We didn't cause an accident. Yeah. The, yeah. Like, <laughs> thank goodness. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And number four is surround yourself with encouraging people. That is so important. And I can, I can almost hear what some of you are thinking or sense what some of you are thinking. Brian, we're in the middle of COVID. How can I reach out to people if I'm supposed to stay at home and be mm -hmm, in lockdown or quarantine? I'm not allowed to be around those people. I'm going to tell you a story. Recently, about a week ago, someone connected with, with us. Actually, this has happened multiple times over the last six months with our church through our Instagram and through our Facebook mm -hmm. or over the, the chat during the service. We've prayed with people. But in this particular case, a man, um, I'm not going to tell you his name, but he's an awesome young guy. But he has recently, last year in October, he was diagnosed with uh, brain cancer, and he beat it. He went through chemo, did all that stuff. January hits, the threats of COVID are happening, um, and he had had an experience with God, he said, and he's like, I just want to go to church. I want to be around people. So he was, in March, he was like, I'm going to go to church, and then COVID hit, and we all got shut down. 
So in March, from March to April and May, he realized uh, he got tested again. Brain cancer has come back. It's traveled to his lungs. They're not sure if it's moved anywhere else into his body. He's lost his girlfriend. He has two kids. He lost his job. He has nowhere to go. And what does this young man do is he reaches out over Facebook and says, hey, I am near my end. I don't know what to do. I need a community. Can I meet? And so um, I met with him. <laughs> at six feet, both wearing masks, sitting in my office, and I had a chance to sit with him, uh, pray with him, give him a Bible. But what it was, all he needed was someone to hear him and encourage him. And so there is churches out there, there is groups, it's not even just churches, there's like groups, the Legion, the Salvation Army, all kinds of different uh, groups out there that would love to hear from you and have a community, even if you're connecting with them over uh, Instagram or, or Facebook it, or a phone call, yeah. it's better than doing nothing. And even if, like, in this man's situation, there's nothing that you could physically do no. to fix his ailments. But an encouraging word and just listening. Absolutely. Um, where he felt validated and he felt heard and he felt And someone's loved. out there, someone's out there that cares about me enough exactly. to Goes just way further, right? And so you can find a circle. It may be challenging. Um, again, we're going to say this. If you are in this situation and you are struggling, reach out to us. Reach out to us on Instagram or Facebook or through the Amplified Marriage Gmail account. We'd mm -hmm. love to hear from you. But if this is you, we want to be part of that community. We want to be part of your tribe that's going to raise you up and pray for you and support you and do how we can. That's right. And also, like if you're living in places where there's help available... Um, like government aid or, or whatever, yeah. then um, take that. Absolutely. If you're if you're stuck. And what's the the next one? Exercise. Oh boy. I know. Exercise releases endorphins. Um, I hate exercising, w like making the decision to exercise and then the exercising itself. But I sure <laughs> am thankful. After it's done. Yeah, not during. And then you get to the place where eventually you feel like, oh, I, I like I like doing this. I don't know that I ever do, but. Oh. <laughs> Maybe it's just me. I love Maybe. going to the gym. <laughs> I haven't been in a while, but I love going to the gym. Right. But <laughs> exercise really does help to clear your mind. When I'm stressed out, I run. Yeah. Um, I've tried running with her. It's been very unsuccessful. I'm a short distance runner. Yeah. And I'm not a, I'm not a group sport uh, participant. <laughs> no, that's, that's for sure. I don't like going to the gym with other people because I'm there to exercise yeah. and, and it's and my time to yeah. focus on myself. And so to sit and talk while that's happening just seems counterproductive to me. If that works for you, great. But exercise in general does re uh, release endorphins. Um, and we've in situations I've, this isn't in, in, uh, anything we talked about, but we have found the humor <laughs> in our life over the last 19 years of being married where when a situation has a like uh, rose up where it was so ridiculously out of our control right the only thing that we could do was laugh about it right and i mean laughing in itself has health benefits so um if the stress is too much find some humor yeah be comical be silly absolutely <laughs> it, it really does go a long way yeah 
And so just, we really appreciate you listening. And so there's these five things. Well, six now, because we added another one. But take a breath. Take a breath and just think about your situation. Pray together. Practice thankfulness. Be grateful. Surround yourself by encouraging people. Exercise as much as you can, as much as you're able. It gets easier. And laugh as much as you can. And if you love our podcast and you've been enjoying it, it mean, does mean a lot to us when you share it. So just let people know about it. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. If there is a topic or a question or anything that you would like us to discuss or even pray for you for or even have a Zoom chat with you, we'd love mm-hmm. the opportunity. You can reach out to us at amplifiedmarriage at gmail.com. And as you hear us say at the end of every episode, we believe that marriage can be reset, refreshed, recharged, and restored. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you soon.